Hi, from this beautiful town called Poznan in uh, Poland. I'm here to launch my book and say hello to my mom, who's also teaching uh, at the university here. Today, I have a really special guest, Louis, um, who's built products that I really love. Read Something Great, uh, my go-to place for figuring out interesting stuff on the internet, uh, and Tiny Testimonials. We use that to collect feedback um, from our network capital users, and I recommend it widely. I noticed that... Um, a couple of our other teachers, like Mohammad Rasmi, also use tiny testimonials. So Lewis's products scale organically uh, by virtue of, um, you know, just the sheer awesomeness. So, hey, Lewis, uh, welcome to Network Capital. You make fashion economy proud. Tell us a bit about yourself. Thanks, Utkarsh. Happy to be here. Uh, a little bit about myself and my background. Uh, I'm, I'm a non-technical person. Um, so I studied economics in college um, at St. Stephen's in Delhi um, and worked in consulting for a bit, um, did a startup with a couple of friends for a bit. Um, since we were all econ grads um, and we weren't technical folks at that point, I was forced to dabble um, with you know limited technical skills and try and pick up whatever I could along the way uh, back in 2015. Uh, and at that point of time, discovered the no-code ecosystem, um, although it was very nascent back then. Uh, but that was my first taste of it. Uh, post that, sold the startup, uh, moved back home to Goa. Um, and during the day here, I work in a very traditional offline business um, that I run with my family. Um, and at night, I, I, I kind of dabble in the passion economy. Um, and I've rekindled my love um, for uh, no code um, and the stuff that you it lets you build as a non-technical non person. Um, so that's what I do. I mean... I build a bunch of products at the moment. I have, I think about four or five of them that are running um, live, some of which you used. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, some of them, some of them work, some of them don't, uh, but I try to not be too emotionally attached to any of them. Well, a lot to unpack here, right, Louis? So uh, how did you decide to build these products? Give us an overview about uh, your skills, your uh, level of preparedness, and most importantly, how interested you were in them. So I've always loved building, like making stuff just makes me happy, um, whatever it is. Um, I've tried to teach myself how to code a couple of times, failed. Um, and at this stage of my life, I just feel like the learning curve would be too steep and not, you know, super fun. Um, and thanks to no code, especially this one tool that I used called Bubble, which is as close as you can get to code without coding. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. Uh, it's got a steep learning curve, but it's a learning curve that you measure in weeks instead of years you know, when it comes to coding. Um, so I, I learned that in like 2021, at the start of 2021, um, as because I wanted to start building stuff. And the moment I you know, grasped the, the strength of that tool, there was basically no looking back. I went from a person that had ideas and had to kind of force fit ideas into tools that I already understood into a person that could literally have almost any idea under the sun um, and be able to build it, or at least be able to build an MVP for it um, using Bubble. Um, and I've done that. I've probably built, I don't know, 10, 10 15 products, most of which have died. Uh, but I love the process. I just absolutely love it. Like, it's it's not something yeah. that I can, 
explain. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it's, if everyone feels the same way about building some people, maybe more so than others. Uh, but like, I'm fortunate that I've, I found something that I, I really like to do so much so that I, I'm happy to spend all my evenings and early mornings doing it. Bubble is awesome. I've heard incredible things about it, even from, you know, our own tech team within Network Capital. We don't use Bubble directly, but I've heard wonderful things. So you went from knowing nothing about code, being an economics graduate, to figuring out enough to build MVPs, then build products, and then build products that are delightful. So I think that's something that uh, I find really interesting. So what was the first product that you built and what kind of feedback did you get? The first product that I built died. Um, so anyone that's experimenting with building products, um, I mean, know that that's the case. Um, it, it's very likely that 50% of north of your products will, will fail. Um, however, I mean, I, I think I'd skip over the first one because it was a pretty terrible product in retrospect. It was sort <laughs> of like a, uh, like a link tree um, clone. That's what I mean. It was the easiest thing that I could build that would would be useful. So it got a few users, hmm. uh, but it it wasn't hmm. very good. Um, having said that, like the, the way I approach products today um, is still similar to how I you know sort of did it back then, which is it needs to be something that I can build fairly quickly and test out within maybe a week or two. Um, get early feedback on. If it doesn't work, I should be able to shut it down without disappointing any users. Um, so I don't want to have users that depend on it or, or you know, locked into it um, with a fee upfront. Um, and basically, I don't want to disappoint anyone in case it doesn't work. Um, and it's got to be able to grow itself without um, constant effort. Um, I learned that the hard way initially. Um, and now I try to make a point to have a growth loop within all of my products. So for instance, with the tiny testimonial thing that you found, um, it's got an inbuilt growth loop because folks that share the link with people, um, you know, asking for testimonials, those people also, you know, see the see the website and they come to it. And if a certain percentage of them require the tool, it ends up, you know, growing itself. So I don't want to be the kind of guy that's shouting on Twitter saying, "Hey, buy my product, buy my product." I'd rather try and find products that uh, like force you, not force users, but like products that innately grow themselves. So yeah. a, the, I mean, obviously everyone wants to build products that people love so much that they talk about, uh, but it's a lot easier to just build products that uh, talk about themselves while others are using it. Um, and eventually, you know, hopefully you get to a product that people love as well. The philosophy is very interesting because uh, it's not really software if your effort and output are directly proportional. And mm -hmm. for Tiny Testimonial, I think, um, we got to talking after I started using the product. In fact, um, I used it because one of our community members was using it for his course, uh, okay. Rasmi. And then I thought that, hey, this is really interesting uh, way of collecting quick feedback from people who have 30 seconds and then putting it on your website so that uh, um, the loop becomes organic. Because yeah. the challenge with feedback is that everyone wants it and everyone wants to collect it and measure it, but it's just like really hard to Put it all in one place. I get a bunch of feedback on WhatsApp, on email, on yeah. LinkedIn, all sorts of channels. And uh, uh, my North Star would be to put all of it in one place on our testimonials page. And now we've embedded a uh, tiny testimonial um, within the website. So we'll see how, how it goes. That's, that's good to but hear. I'm grateful, be... grateful that you've <laughs> given it a shot. 
Yeah, I became a paying user without actually um, having a, a chat with any one of your friends because I thought that the use case was powerful. Um, so, and the you know the software enthusiast in me was really happy to see that. So that was one. And then I stumbled onto the fact that you'd also built Read Something Great, something that I discovered. Um, I'm not sure how, but I also just stumbled upon it somewhere on the internet, perhaps someone forwarded. And uh, it reminds me a lot about the um, web in the early days. For example, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, all daily letters or letters and poems or something of that sort, which has like beautiful articles collected together. Mm -hmm. And this is like a curated list with also uh, like a space for a banner ad in between. So again, the monetization mm -hmm. is uh, yeah. fairly obvious. How did you decide to build that tool? And is it like fully automated or is there some manual no, curation so, that goes So on? the curation is all manual. Um, the good thing about it being manual is that since I only curate timeless articles, um, I don't need to be doing it on a daily basis. Uh, I mean, I consume a hmm. fair amount of content on the internet anyways. Um, so whenever hmm. I do find something that I personally think is timeless um, and worth other people's time as well, um, I add it to the database. Um, and it like there aren't that many articles that are close to a thousand maybe uh, not more than that i don't want to make it automated yeah. because i mean that's just a slippery slope of of too much stuff that's not good enough turning up on the website um, and i think a thousand yeah. articles ish is 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 a fair amount for someone to get through in maybe a, a couple of years time um, you know as and when uh, they do find the website and they have time to come and read it um, regarding your yeah. first question about how the idea came about it was actually quite accidental. Um, I was a part of a writer's community um, and I had like, as a process of that, I had, I had interacted with a lot of very, very talented um, blog writers on the internet, but those that had very small audiences. Um, and I was just like, you know, this is sort of unfair. Like the kind of stuff that gets clicks on the internet is, is usually pretty substandard um, just with clickbaity titles. Um, and they end yeah, up 10 ways to get a six pack, exactly. ad, 13 ways exactly. to become a millionaire, <laughs> and, you know, seven ways to go to Europe, all yeah, those kinds pretty of things. much. So I, I, I was trying to think of a solution that would help my fellow community members um, that I thought were writing some really high quality content, um, find eyeballs on, on their newsletters or blogs or whatever it is that they were writing. Um, and I initially thought of creating uh, the, the analogous version of uh, product hunt. Um, but for for newsletter articles, so not newsletters, but articles um, on the internet, yeah. so places a place where people could turn up, say, "Hey, I wrote this today." Um, have a bunch of other people come there for daily content and upvote things, uh, but exclusively for articles that were freshly written. Um, and while trying to build this, or while ideating through it, I thought, "Hey, what's the easiest version of this that I can build to at least validate demand?" Uh, because supply I have, like I know these people that will give me supply and I'm, I'm fairly well integrated into a bunch of writers communities at this point. Hmm. Um, so I said, hmm. let me keep supply on hold. Let me bootstrap supply by just finding timeless articles on the internet. Um, and let's see if I can get demand for this. Um, so I, I basically built it in like two days. Um, I had already had a lot of uh, saved bookmarks um, of you know articles that I enjoyed. Um, I, I spent a few days scraping the internet for other articles, um, reading them, adding them to the data, database. Um, and then I just tweeted about it, like off the cuff on, on my phone. And it, it sort of went viral, um, I, I, or at least as viral as, as any tweet that I've written has gotten. Hmm. Um, hmm. And then launched that on Product Hunt within a couple of days, got a bunch more um, users, 
uh, and it's just been going strong ever since like part of me is even surprised as to like i don't know where these people are coming from like i i haven't done like scientific growth methods there is no growth loop in this particular product um i don't actively try to promote it uh, but but yeah i mean i have folks that come to the website it's pretty it's pretty neat uh everything about the product i find delightful um the typography the way ads are, are there but it's not in your face or you know it's 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 stable nothing's jumping out um and the quality of articles stand out for me um as i write in my book passion economy and the side hustle revolution curators are really powerful today um i talk about this company called the browser and not sure if you've heard of that or not yeah, basically yeah. they send five interesting yep. articles every day yep. to a was last very interesting very i mean some of the stuff i've read from from their newsletters like stuff i would never find uh so yeah. I, i like them i i was a paying subscriber for quite a while actually i don't know if i still am but i was yeah um i have, you know at, at the time of writing the book i was not a paying uh, subscriber but then subsequently i became one i met the person who who built it and the editor in chief oh, wow. and i thought hey the the world does seem like a slightly more interesting place with some curation going on at at the browser and now what you've done is uh, you know a website which looks at hey what are the not uh, the five most interesting articles today but what are the 1000 most interesting articles forever and let's let's give them a space on the internet um maybe you go down the browser route maybe you start a paying subscription maybe you stick to advertisements um talk to us about the pros and cons of both and what what's your larger goal with it if there is one um so in in terms of monetization um i've tried a couple of techniques um i've tried seeing if i could get paying subscribers um for that particular website and it didn't go too well um i i did not really push through with it maybe maybe i could have tweaked the approach a little more but i decided to put on the back burner um and my logic for that was i feel like people are very hesitant uh, to pay for products that they perceive as entertainment um they're more uh likely to pay for stuff that they see as educational or stuff that will increase their status uh but if it's if it's an entertainment product like you you see shop i mean spotify giving you a free plan you see netflix struggling to monetize especially in india um so i you know i figured these guys with billions of dollars in marketing um are struggling to crack that problem um, let me let me just go the traditional advertising route um and and, and it's been going all right i mean not not too bad um i advertise sometimes with partners on the newsletter um sometimes with partners on the website directly um i also advertise a couple of products that i've built um on the website so it, it serves as a nice um sort of channel for me to experiment with new products so it gives me like a ready made audience mm. um that's different from my twitter audience because on twitter i'm dependent on the algorithm and and you know the number of tweets i'm able to put out each day um whereas here this is right. just like a nice top of funnel um for anything that i build as well um so at the moment my long term plan is to just stick with it um that way um maybe try and grow the traffic on the website i haven't really done too much to grow it i think there's scope to do to do that as well um but largely i don't want to break what's not uh, you know what's i mean i don't want to to change what's not broken um mm. so maybe a, a little more of the same add some more articles to it um and grow grow traffic as well on the website yeah yeah um what you've built for both tiny testimonial and uh, read something great are not just india specific 
I think uh, you'll find a lot of viewership of that in Europe, in the US. So I think you may have to tweak it a bit, but I, of course that's mm -hmm. uh, up to your goal. No, I mean, that, that's right. also like, it, it's like, it's interesting that you bring that up because it's something that I'm trying to, it, it's a direction that I want to move in. Like I try to build products that I don't have to, you know, target an Indian audience for purely because I mean, I live in India, I live in Goa. Um, and if I'm working on the internet or I'm building stuff on the internet, it, it almost makes like, it's almost stupid for me to target, um, you know, my fellow Indians in, in an economy that's maybe what half the size of at a per, cap, per capita level, one tenth the size of that of most other economies. Um, spending capacity here is much less. Most um, of the big economies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most most of the big economies, at least you know the US and, and stuff like that. Um, so I'm actively trying to monetize Western economies while sitting in India. So like a money drain from that side to 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 our country here if I can. Um, and so yeah. far it's going, it's going all right. I mean, not, not as well as it could be, uh, but, but not, not too bad either. Yeah. I also like the way you communicate, like, you know, the pitch is very interesting for both, uh, your products that I have personally used, but uh, do you want to talk to us a bit about communication? How do you do the copywriting and the, uh, the figuring out how to pitch the value proposition to prospective users? Um, no science to it, um, to be honest. I, I enjoy a couple of things. Like I, I'm fortunate that I enjoy um, writing and copywriting. I also enjoy design. Um, I, I haven't been trained in either. It's just YouTube plus a bunch of books um, that you know leads me down those rabbit holes. With copywriting, I try to keep it like very very simple. Um, someone should be able to understand what the website does within maybe three to five seconds of looking at it. Um, if they don't, then you're 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 failing. Um, with the copywriting so it's got to be the design has to be simple and, and intuitive or at least not confusing um, and the copywriting has to be as clear as possible like clarity over anything else like cl clarity over wit clarity over beauty in language whatever it is just keep it as clear as possible um, make the design mm -hmm. as non-confusing as possible so not necessarily simple uh, but definitely not confusing um, hmm. and yeah, don't, don't overwhelm a person with your design or with your, um, uh, with your copywriting, just assume that people are extremely lazy and they don't have time for anything that you're building. Um, and it's your job to basically somehow sneak yourself into their brain when their brain does not want to listen to you. Yeah. This is so important because, uh, people are anyway overwhelmed with, you know, the millions of things that are happening politically, socially, economically. Um, Twitter is flooded with all kinds of information to capture the audience and eventually have the user pay you his or her attention, perhaps dollars. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a trivial task. Uh, so clarity over everything else is, I think, an important message. Tell me something. Have you earned, um, I'm pretty sure you the answer. I know the answer, but let me ask you. Uh, um, have you earned $1,000 from all your products or most of your product? If yes, how quickly uh, did that happen? I have, um, I don't have a definite timeline because my products were built sort of in succession. Um, so maybe for like read something great, by the time I turned on monetization, it was like a couple of months in or three months in before I started showing ads. Hmm. Um, hmm. But, but pretty quickly after that. So maybe within a month uh, post doing that. Uh, with some of the others, it's a lot harder. Like with SaaS products, it's, it's a longer slog because you're trying to convince people to sign up on a subscription basis. So then it depends mm -hmm. on whether, like the length of time depends on whether you're selling an annual membership or a monthly membership or a one-time fee or whatever yeah. that is. Uh, 
but with read something great i'd say post turning on monetization maybe a month uh, yeah maybe a month or two at max um, yeah and how did you go about setting the pricing strategy for tiny testimonial oh again no science to it honestly just just what i felt like i would pay um also for tiny testimonial i did not want to make it a recurring subscription um just because i like i feel like everybody is trying to build a saas because they want easy you know they they want the mrr that they don't have to sort of once someone's locked in they just forget about it and it just keeps auto debiting their credit card um i didn't want to be that guy well, india this. makes that very challenging india though. makes that difficult but i was targeting <laughs> the us market <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, the the thing is with this particular product like tiny testimonial um it's something that people can use even if like for instance if you used it for one year and you collected 100 testimonials you could paste them on your website directly and you would not need to use the the product again if you didn't want to if you didn't want to collect new testimonials um so i didn't want to make it like a recurring you know every month you pay 10 dollars and because if if i did that like there would be folks who would just take it for one month um use it and then disconnect the subscription um so i figured a nice middle ground between a recurring subscription um at a low monthly price um and a you know non recurring high one time fee would would to just be um give people access to it for one year for a fixed fee i think it's currently 68 dollars or something of that sort so 68 or 60 yeah it's, sure. it's somewhere around that yeah 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 uh, i um, would probably not have done what you did but we we can discuss that offline um yeah I mean, i'm open to learning i'm not i'm, I'm no expert <laughs> i'm definitely no expert no, no, neither am i i'm just saying that this is just brainstorming between friends you know yeah, what we want to do on network capital is um to enable everyone to earn their first thousand dollars on the internet some people you know get there pretty quickly some people get there uh with a lot of effort suppose you build mm-hmm. something where the initial build out just takes a lot of time or you you know you're building a product with uh you know growth loops not really set it can take a while but i believe everyone should have a side hustle and everyone should be able to figure out ways to make a thousand dollars online not because thousand dollars anything it just means that enough number of people care sure. for what you're doing so that's that's the broader mission that's essentially why we run a bunch of these content and cohort based courses so now that you've crossed thousand dollars it doesn't look like you're measuring you know dollars earned every minute but is there mm-hmm. a financial target that you've set on yourself uh, is there a point at which you might consider um, building out products within say tiny testimonial or read something great um i don't have a fixed target uh, because i do this as a side hustle like it's, like it, it's just a fun thing that i do that earns me cash on the side um my if if i were to have a goal i think one thing i want to do um would be to try and build a side hustle that i could sell um hmm. i i know that there are a bunch of these acquisition websites that have turned up of late um, micro acquire micro acquire any acquisition yeah. yeah um so i'm just curious about how that would work um, and it would be nice to you know get like a a one time windfall gain for a product that's doing well um so maybe that's something that i'd like not maybe i mean i i'm definitely interested in doing that at some point now i mean that's easier said than done like one because it's it's not easy to sell something um and two like it's just emotionally difficult to let go of you know something that's that's working well for you you, you never know how far you could yeah. make it by yourself um but i i think i'll do it when i feel so stretched where a product starts taking up my time um and i stop enjoying iterating on it as much as i should 
um having said that like i also do build like i'm currently working on a product um called nicheless um, which is a blogging platform um and i love it i have no plans of monetizing it it's it's basically imagine twitter but instead of 280 characters imagine 300 words um only um and so no can you find marketing. it online yet yeah nicheless.blog so n i c h e nicheless.blog yeah so it's it's basically um anti social media of sorts like no status games you can't see people's follow accounts you can all of your likes and replies are all private um to you um and it's a very restricted character i mean word limit not a character limit um so i i love that product i feel like one hmm. of my core beliefs is is that people should write more um hmm. and this helps people you know start writing on the internet without the pressure of of social validation being publicly um visible to everyone else um, you know for instance um if you just start a twitter account and you tweet um, and you get zero likes you kind of feel like a fool like you know why am i tweeting into the void <laughs> um whereas yeah. you know, everybody has zero likes i mean or at least everybody has zero publicly visible likes like by default um and it's unchangeable if someone likes your post only you can see that they like your post um so you know someone who have even if there's a famous celebrity that that writes there versus you know a random nobody it's the ideas that um you know should speak for themselves rather than the number of likes or or replies that a particular post gets so that's my goal with this particular pro- project um the reason i'm bringing it up is because like that's the, that's the one i'm focusing on right now uh, and i have no plans of monetizing it at the moment like i'm purely just building it because i think it should exist um and mm-hmm. as i get more users i i i'll probably try and figure out how to monetize it um so yeah i mean it's it's not uh, uh, louis tell me about customer feedback say for nicheless or nicheless i haven't used but for two mm-hmm. products that i have um i of course have some suggestions uh, i've shared them with you earlier some you have how should one look at customer feedback in the early days um so i have a slightly counterintuitive sort of approach to this or maybe a bad approach to it um, which is i am i am quite an introvert um, so i don't enjoy talking to people um, i don't enjoy talking to people that i don't know about products that i've built i don't like getting negative feedback um, it's a drawback of my own um, so i'm aware of that um, and what that lets me do is it lets me very consciously only build products that i myself really really want um so for the initial stage of building a product um i don't really need feedback until the product is launched it's only post launch or maybe post that first mvp where i've you know sort of figured out um what i like and what i don't like about the final product that i then start talking to people that are actively using it um of course if, if it's a if it's a product like t- tiny testimonials uh which is a paid product i reach out to you know whoever i can find out that's using it and ask them um uh, I, i mean i usually just dm them um and ask them for stuff that you know if they could change one thing about it what would it be um questions like that uh, again not a very scientific approach to it uh but it is what it is i mean given my given my awareness of my drawbacks <laughs> um just uh, you know uh, i want to understand the way you're approaching passion projects to me it seems like you're following your curiosity you're solving for your own frustration and building delightful products which hopefully you know grow without too much of uh, uh, effort but uh, there seems to be a really creative process of coming up with ideas perhaps designing your day despite having a busy job a traditional job 
Do you have any advice on it or do you just like let the day define your output? Um, I do have some advice. I mean, I, when I'm trying to build something new, so, so I try to split my, my, at least for the passion projects, I, I try to split the tasks into ideation um, and execution. Um, and I try to keep the ideation phase very unstructured. So sometimes I'll just think about it when I'm in the shower or I'll be thinking about it when I'm on a walk with my dog. Um, sometimes in the morning, I'll just sit with a cup of coffee with, you know, no, like a notebook um, and just think. Um, and I don't set deadlines for that. So, um, and when I say ideation, I mean like designing the product as well, not just figuring out an idea. Hmm. I mean, like once I have an idea hmm. that, hey, I want to solve this problem in this way, um, how do I build it? Like, what should this website look like? Um, I let that be as unstructured as it needs to be um, without trying to schedule hmm. it into my day. Um, however, execution, hmm. when, when I have to do that, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. Then it's just like, put your headphones on, sit down um, at the end of your day or at the start of your day, whenever, you know, whenever I'm not um, at work um, and just create a task list literally and just go check, 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 check um, one at a time. Um, so yeah, I try and work in these two phases and it's, it's mostly like a 20% ideation, um, 80% execution. Um, although hmm. I think the importance is, is the other way around. It's, it's way more important to figure out what you want to build before you build it uh, because and it's also very important to think through decisions that are non-reversible um, in a product. There right. are a lot of those. Um, so I try and give that as much time as it needs, but it ends up being around 20 uh, versus 80 um, with execution. 80, 20 is usually a, mm -hmm. a good one. Do you have thousand true fans for many products or at least some products that you've built? Like thousand um, people really- Definitely really not many. No, I think, I think for Read Something Great, I do. Um, I did have a newsletter at some point that I shut down that I think I definitely had a thousand true fans for um, because there were like, yeah, around five, five or 6,000 people that used to read it every week. Um, I think at least a thousand of them, hopefully, um, really liked it. Uh, but I shut that down. So at the moment, I'd say read something great is the only one that has, I, I'm pretty confident, uh, a thousand true fans. Why did you shut it down? the newsletter I mean. uh, it was too much work man um, it was it was a newsletter called complexity condensed um, where hmm. i would uh, pick up topics that i was curious about each week um, very random topics and just write 500 hmm. words exactly 500 words on each topic um, hmm. along with like a bunch of hmm. diagrams or whatever it is so i would write about things that i didn't understand um, but i wanted to study um, so I, i've written from stuff like quantum physics to like uh, world war ii um, just, just <laughs> very, very wide ranging topics. Um, and it was just not sustainable with my day job. Um, and with building products on the side, it, it would take me 20 to 25 hours per week, um, per issue, which was, I was losing sleep. So then I was like, I can't do this forever. Gotta, gotta put it on yeah. pause. <laughs> yeah. Um, I reckon that there must've been some months where your side hustle made more than your day job. Maybe you're the mm -hmm. promoter of the company, sir, but I, I don't care. But like, still, you must have a salary. But have there yeah. been months where you earned more from your side hustle than from your job? Not every month, but yeah, definitely there have been months. Um, because I, I don't, uh, I think the majority of my income comes from Read Something Great, which is ads driven. Uh, it's a, hmm. it, it fluctuates based on, you know, the kind of people that approach me or the number of clicks that an ad gets, um, stuff like that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I think every second or third month, or actually every second month, um, I think the income from there will be, will be close to, if not more than uh, my normal day job salary. Fantastic. 
Um, yeah, um, just like 10 years out, random thought experiment. Um, tell me uh, your ideal day in your life. What do you really see yourself doing um, if you're wildly successful in whatever your mission is? Um, mm -hmm. What might the world look like? Um, I actually quite like my life right now. I think if, if I could change things about it, I would maybe dedicate um, maybe 20 or 30% more time um, to building um, stuff um, and trade that with you know a chunk of my day job. Um, I would also like to have a little more time to write um, because writing is, is, is hard work. I enjoy it, but it's, uh, it's not something that, I, I, that, that, that happens very easily. It takes its own time. Um, and yeah, in 10 years, I think I'd like to, to, to write more, maybe build a little bit more um, and also invest in a few um, smaller side hustles of other people as well. I feel like that's an untapped market. Um, definitely. Yeah, investing therefore. in other people's side hustle. That's another right. great idea. Louis, like you're yeah. an idea machine. Like, you know, every five <laughs> I mean, it, it won't be an easy market. Idea. It won't be. It might be a very <laughs> yeah. dumb idea. But it's an idea nonetheless. Like, I mean, we, there's only it's one interesting to find nonetheless. Out. Yeah. 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 The whole reason I decided to uh, have you on Network Capital because uh, you know, you're, you're, you're an interesting guy doing interesting things. And I think you've built um, a decent income on top of that, which makes it even more interesting. Um, these days, you can't really conclude a discussion like that without asking about Web3. So, have mm. you started dabbling? I, I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. But what does that mean to you, Web3, crypto? What excites you? Do you think it's a fad? Just give me your thoughts. Um, so, I don't think it's a fad. I have dabbled quite a bit. In fact, during the last wave specifically, I was part of a community called uh, Invisible College. Um, that was like the goal of the community was to get people into Web3. Um, made some great friends there. Um, extremely smart people that work there um, who were friends like before the whole Web3 wave as well. Um, so definitely dabbled in there, um, dabbled a lot. I've even built products um, that were related to Web3 that failed. Um, I built one called Crypto Alfred that would basically send email alerts to people um, for NFT collections that they held. Um, it did well, mm -hmm. got a couple of paying subscribers, but um, basically I was technically challenged um, at that point of time. I, I didn't, uh, didn't understand the tech behind it um, well enough to be able to pull data well, or securely enough. Um, and figured that it wasn't worth the, the stress of, you know, someone else's financial well-being depending mm. on my incapable, uh, my incapability. Um, so I decided to pull the plug <laughs> on that product. <laughs> but um, my thoughts overall on Web3 would be um, a lot of it right now is noise and it has been like that for the last what year and a half. Um, mm. However, it's, it's noise from people playing, um, people playing around trying to figure out what is what is this toy that we've been given, right? Um, the way I look at Web3 is it's, it's just democratizing ownership. Like that's, if there was one line to give, like it, it's like letting anyone buy stocks in any company, whether it's private or, or public um, and letting everyone see the value. Or of a newsletter, yeah. Or a newsletter, pretty much. Um, and while that does have its downsides, like I, I can imagine regulatory bodies are just frothing at the mouth trying to figure out, you know, where to, where to turn up and, and, and sort of pull the plug. Um, it definitely does have, have its own upsides, like ownership itself, like having equity in a business versus working for a business are two very different things. Um, and if, if there is a mechanism that makes it, you know, exponentially easier for the average person um, in an unconnected country. So like someone who's sitting in the third world to buy a, a random, you know, 
buy equity in a random promising project um, in the first world, uh, there are definitely massive benefits to be had from that. Um, and the next couple of years, we I think now that we've reached some sort of a crypto winter, um, it's a good time for people to, to educate themselves about how this works, especially a good time for our regulators to educate themselves about how this stuff works. Uh, because I mean, it's not without its downsides. Like there will be scams. I mean, we've all seen the scams that turned up in the last wave, and there'll be more of them as well. Uh, but it'll be a pity if we if we lose the potential upside of ownership um, because we're afraid of the kind of scams uh, that may turn up. Um, I think I think like that that would be a silly move by by any country to to ban it all altogether. Um, so I mean, I, I'm optimistic that. Our country is smart enough. I think they've made some pretty interesting moves um, in the right direction of late. Um, and I'm hoping it continues that way. Well, Lewis, may you embrace Web3 even more. Maybe you keep building interesting products uh, and may you keep making the world a more interesting place. It really was fun chatting with you and I look forward to more in the times to come. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks, Utkarsh. Cheers.